Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. All right, we have a big show ahead. We'll talk some AFL up first, then the final siren with uh, the Eagles win over the Sydney Swans. And then in Bounsdown, we'll talk about the up-and-coming game at the Gabber in Adelaide. Uh, don't forget to join us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. How are you going, Dan? No, not too bad, mate. Great to be here after a win. It's been a while. It has been a while, and unfortunately, Wayne is sunning it up in Bream, the lucky bastard. I've seen pictures. I'm very jealous, I'll yeah, be honest. He's rubbing it in. <laughs> um, I was waiting for some um, little facts for him to send down, but he must be having too much fun up there, I think. <laughs> um, Eagle Nation, we've just got our media accreditation for the waffle, so that's... Bit of a plus. Yeah, that's great. We'll be able to uh, bring in a bit more interviews, a bit more inside knowledge, which will be great. Yes, it's going to be good. We'll um, probably try and uh, interview some ex-Eagles players and some Frio players probably um, just to see what their transition's been like back into the waffle. So they'll be like Marston and McInnes and well, stuff like that. Well, that's it. Uh, Gray as well, you know, we'll speak yeah. to them because I think they are technically still part. They've just been given permission yep, they're to play them, so they're still part of our seconds yeah. eagle side so it'll be very good um we asked for afl accreditation but we couldn't get that the afl said yes but the eagles said no so hopefully that changes next year fingers crossed <laughs> um a bit of um i think i used to call them useless stats last year well i've got one up for you round six which is this week first time since 1952 that no team will play at their home venue how strange is that uh, it's very strange, but realistically, there should be one. And what game do you think that should be? Eagles. Eagles or Adelaide. Yeah. Either one. Adelaide could yeah. have had a home game. Eagles could have had a home game. Why we're both in the hub right now is perplexing. Uh, I believe Adelaide's flown home already because South Australia, as long as it's not Victorian, they don't mind someone from the hub, as long as it's not Victorian, you haven't played a Victorian team, flying in and out. And it's not that far to fly in and out, so no, it probably not. makes sense. It is a condensed fixture. Let's go ahead. We won't talk about the hub too much because we did it last week, but... Excuse me, I'll just catch my breath there. Victoria in lockdown for six weeks. So that's at the moment. That could be extended. So that means all clubs have to be away for at least six weeks, but under the guidelines from the AFL Players Association Agreement, they only can be away for 32 days. Now, um, why wasn't that brought up when the Eagles and the Dockers were asking for an end date? Mate, it infuriates me. We weren't even given a date we could come home. We weren't. Uh, as we just touched on, why are Eagles and Adelaide still there when we can both play either in Perth or Adelaide? Either one. It's just, it's perplexing. And we talked about it ahead in the sand last week and I think even the week before. And we called this. We said this would happen that it's only a matter of time for this to happen, and it's happened. So how can they still be wanting to go back into Victoria? Because they are. After these three games, they're back, gone back to Victoria. No, they've said they'll be away for at least 32 days. So that's they're trying to get... They've got the next three rounds all ready to release, and then they've got another two, which where they will release in time. I guess they can't release it all in one go because things are changing weekly. But at the... If it stood at the moment today, they said 32 days, and then they'd go home for a bye, which would give Well, that, them that's chance. what I meant by the three weeks, because what is it, the eighth now kind of thing, and they're thinking, like, end of July, they're done, and then they can go back, it'll be 
very beginning of August at the latest. But that's what I mean. Where was that consideration for oh, the interstate sides? It, it wasn't there. So yes, they're probably not actually going to play footy, but they're willing to hold up the whole com the whole competition, so the Victorian teams can not have to hub for so long. Yeah. But we've hubbed for six weeks when we went up there we were told we had to isolate in a hotel without family so the players not only were up there let's say six weeks without the families a lot of them then we had to come back to Dubai still couldn't see your family that's eight weeks eight weeks without seeing your family and they're complaining about three weeks and willing to put buys in the entire competition for every team just so they don't have to deal with that well the way I've heard it now is Collingwood and Geelong once they finish playing their games here they will fly to New South Wales. So that just gives me an indication of where the VFL, as I call it, because it isn't AFL, it's the VFL. They need to drop that V, is heading with all this. Um, the way I see it is there will be no more games in Melbourne for the rest of the year. I can't see it happening. They're, they're, honestly, they can't be. As I said, we touched already, they've just got their head in the sand. Yeah. I just repeat so, it. It can't go back there. In saying that, where will the grand final be played if... If it was decided tomorrow, where do you think it would be played? I reckon the Gabba, Sally. Where should it be played? Optus, because the excuse always used well, is the MCG is the biggest uh, biggest oval. It's about money. Well, it's about go, attendance. If they go for that, next is Optus. If they go for that and the crowds are louder at New South Wales, it'll be ANZ Stadium because yeah. that holds 20,000 more. Yeah, but I do... And if they can have the crowds, they will not... They'll be going there because... That if if they were going to go to Optus, they'd be sending a bog of the teams here instead of to the Queensland. Yeah, like it you should I mean? be at Optus, but I, I don't know because Queensland they, Optus is the best stadium. They they banned games at ANZ Stadium. They stopped them there because it's not up to football. Yeah, but that's condition. changed now. That'll right. be changed. So I just can see if we don't go back to Victoria, it'll be ANZ before Optus. Optus to me is where it should be because it's the best environment ANZ Stadium if you've never been there it's not really a great environment for a grand final it's a 20 year old stadium too you know so Optus is what two years old it's got yeah. the best of facilities of course it should be I'm just trying not to be WA centric oh no I, as I said and, like, um, I don't think it will be here it if, should be if, if, if it went on numbers and you could get crowds in New South Wales at the moment you can't get the crowds as much as WA so WA is in the box seat at the moment and then probably Queensland. Well, we've talked about the hub a lot last week. And we've, that's enough for it this week. Let's get into some footy, eh? I love it. It's the final siren. Well, the start of the game, it was what Eagles team's going to turn up in the first five to seven minutes. And I was going, oh my fucking God, in the first five minutes. But it wasn't until Shuey did an injury that we seemed to flick the switch and took a little bit of a control, even though we'll, you know the first quarter was pretty hard. But we ended up being 34-point winners over our bogey side, Sydney. We won 11 goals, 11 to 6 goals, 7. And if, you know, if we had a kick straighter, probably would have been more. Kennedy hit the post twice. I think Cripps hit it once. Yeah, I was just about to mention, Kennedy. That was a very... Uh, I've mentioned, said this before, I used the term for a what-if game. 
he was thereabouts because he only has to get seven eight disposals he's not a massive disposal getter but he hit the post twice one was an awkward bounce it ended up being a sheet goal from ryan but that was an awkward bounce then the other one was uh i think they touched it off the boot so he had to play on and it, you know what i mean yeah. so he it could have been another four goal game to kennedy it's just it didn't quite go his way but he presented he did the things he took the marks he got the ball he it was basically a normal effort you expect from kennedy he just didn't capitalize yeah and he is he's got a ground level uh, the only thing that probably went didn't go the way was Nick was probably a bit peeved off that his beard cost him Nick uh, yeah. his beard cost him a goal <laughs> was, yeah there was a couple score reviews two of them were obviously definitely there I think one because the uh, umpire and that was Cripps's one because umpire actually called a goal I don't think it was enough evidence on camera to flip it but the other two were definitely there um, look, um, West Coast did pretty good. They were led by aggression by Nick Natanui and the inside grunt of uh, Elliot Yo, And um, it was something that was good to see. The Swans went in without free ruck, so Natanui dominated in the ruck against a rookie, Hayden McLean. Even though Hayden McLean did kick two early goals, um, I thought he was pretty good. Um, and he did bulk of the centre bounces. But when it was Aaliyah Leah. It was like, what were we watching? It was like, um, Sydney, you got to put somebody there that's got a contest. Yeah. You know, have a go, you know. And it didn't, t- I think it was in the third quarter, he started jumping. Yeah. But Nick was probably just washing his, uh, clapping his hands. Oh, that, that was one of the best games I've seen Nick play in a while. I just, the way he was tapping. And as you touched on Aaliyah Lear, I think at one stage he thought, I'm not going to jump, I'll try and rove or do something. Yeah. And Nick just, had his own way, you know. And that was a game that Nick probably needed and he stayed on the ground a lot longer and if he didn't have the advantage that he did in that game, there would have been questions asked. Uh, Very much so. And I I like the fact that he's getting just slowly increasing the game time. But let's be honest, you can't take much away. There's no negative thing to take away from that. Yeah, they didn't have a ruck. But that when you look at the stats... We won a lot of the contested ball in the... And well, that, we'll talk about that That later. counted, yeah, but that counted towards these yeah. clearances. So it wasn't just Nick Nat's dominance. It was we went hard in into the contest and that's how we won these clearances. And Yo looked like the Yo of old, you know, shaking tackles. and yeah. So not just tackling, his tackling pressure. He was breaking tackles himself. And uh, the old lamb... Well, Turned back into the goat. He yeah. had his get best game for the year. He must have listened to the podcast, I think. Cause, yeah, uh, it was great. That was see. a scathing comment from me, and um, I, I stand by it, but he, he showed me up. Um, I think it was a great coaching move from Simo to move Gaff off the wing into the guts because he was getting tagged by Ryan Clark. And while that was happening, we weren't getting that run out of the midfield. And when he went in, it was like, this is good. This is a good balance. I think Horse also listens to the podcast because we just talked about how damaging and how consistent and good Gaff is and how you've got to assess a wingman different to a centreman. You know what I mean? They're different positions. They've got to play their games differently. So you've got to look at disposals, disposal fishing, meters gain. That's what you want especially metres gain from your wingman. And we said he sometimes doesn't get tagged, and he should. Next week, <laughs> what happens? He gets tagged. Yeah. Like. And I think Simo would have got the vision, or the somebody at the club would have got the vision, and shown Elliot Yo what was shown to everyone else, because he was back to his best. He was back to his bullish best. He had 21 disposals, 12 of them were contested. Can't remember how many tackles he had. I think he had 13 again for the game. Um, and he was... He was dynamite in that second half. 
Oh, it was just, it was so great to see. And um, we touched on a lot of these stars that finally, if they, and they were down on form. When we're critical, we're not saying they're bad players. We're saying they're out of form. Yeah, they were out of form. Uh, no, Sheed was massively out of, out of form. Yo's out of form. But it was just uh, Cripps. You said footage of the Crips. He just, he's picked up. Darling had a lot better game. But for me, it was, um, and lack of a better word, the lesser lights. So you pick your bottom five players from your 22. And to me, they all had great. I think Duggan started. That's the best game I've seen Duggan play all year. best game I've seen him Cole, play. Cole, numbers-wise, you wouldn't look great. But he was just literally tapping the ball to advantage. He was spoiling. He was playing yeah. on bigger players. Cole played great. Nelson showed grunt, you know. So it was these lesser light players that did, played so well that really I think that's where we became dominant was – there were no passengers in that game, and normally we do have a lot more passengers. Yeah. Got, and saying that, there are players that can still lift. Kelly had an all right game, but that's not his best. So we still got upside as well, which I really love. Well, Kelly leads. He's second in possessions and second in tackles at the club. Yep. So he's getting there. He's finding his groove, and it's going to be hard for him to find his groove when you can't train fully as a squad. So people got to understand that. Um, he's playing a bit of a different role than he was at Cats as well. You briefly... I just want to bring this guy up because you briefly said his name, and that was Jamie Cripps. Now, I was scathing of him last week, and I said, when he kicks goals, we win when we lose. When he doesn't, we lose. Now, he was back... He was doing everything that he should have been doing in the last three games. He was defensive pressure. He was there. He ended up two goals. I think he could have three. He was probably one of the reasons why our forward line jailed. Yeah, I, I... Massively, you know, and it was a pressure thing too. Um, and he wasn't alone in that. Like, darling, one of his goals came from a pressure actor yeah. tackle, you know. So, what was happening? We we're getting it in enough, but it was just coming rebounding out of our forward line so quick. See, and then when these plays have lifted, it's locked it in there. And a lot of our goals, especially Crips, are snaps. You know, it's not uh, straightforward like Ashley Hansen used to be, where it's a lead-up mark and then you got to go back kick a goal. A lot of these goals came the hard way. You know, pressure. You know, clearances. You know, get that ball. You know, a contested possession, a great tackle, and it, the result. You know, you see the result because we got the win and we got the goals on the board. And there was a young player in the team. We said lesser lights. Guy come off the rookie list. Jermaine Jones played it uh, seven games with the Cats. Unfortunately, he's done a hamstring and he's going to miss three to four weeks. But he showed me, and he should have shown other people that are watching the game, that's what Petricelli needs to do when he comes into the game. Yeah, I, well, I agree. That's what I said. The bottom five, yep. I felt they all just played great footing. I thought that was an amazing game by him. His pressure, you know, he showed a bit of speed and a little bit of poise. Um, shame he did his hammy, you know. It op- it's one of those things where it opens a door. Let's see another young kid. But what I loved, not just about his game, these are plays that didn't even play. Do you know how three emergencies were for this game? Uh, Bailey Williams was one. Was one, yeah. Uh, Ainsworth was another one. Ainsworth. Uh, Rotham. I only heard three, so maybe it was four with Ainsworth. So they were all the younger players. Yes, it was. It was Williams and Rotham as well. Yeah. So it was like all these young kids were on the emergency list, you know. And it was just great to see a glimpse of our future and all in different positions. Well, we're talking to talk about a youth a bit more in the next segment because today a few things leaked out. So um, should be some more debutants coming. We can't go without saying that Oscar Allen and Jake Waterman, we've been pushing this for I don't know how long. When them two are in the team, we're such a better-looking team. As far as I'm concerned, and 
they might have down games, but you'll in the long run you'll reap rewards. They stay in there now. In a season, it's a bit funny. Uh, they, as far as I'm concerned, they stay in that side. It'll leap start their career. You know, it'll give them a head up, and it'll just in two three years, if they can get to fifty games in say two years time, they're gonna like fast track their careers and. That will help but keep us a dominant side with players going out through retirements. Well, if, look, if I was Simo, and we're using Oscar as our pinch hitter, but he doesn't need to just use Oscar. He can use Jake, he can use Jack, and he can use JK because they're all taller than Oscar. So he can pinch hit him whenever he wants. So he's got that at his disposal that they can rotate them around if he's worried about people banging into Oscar Allen and you know, beating him up a bit, you know what I mean? All right, so I'll go off on a tangent for a sec, but you'll see the methods of my madness because I'll bring it back. How did you find Barassa's game? Oh, that was one of his better games I've seen for Great intercept marking, would you say? Mark of the year, so you can't really disagree with that. Well, he, he took one of the marks of the year. So. Yeah, so if, he's intercept, <laughs> if, he's, if he's intercepting marking so well, this is where I'm going to bring it around, you can even chuck... Gov in the ruck. He said he wanted to oh, ruck well, for a yeah, while, and like you wouldn't want him in there too much because of the bash and crashing nature yeah. of it. But you could chuck him on the ball for a while in the ruck. You know what I mean? I know we, we talked about the Eagles a lot, and I want to talk about Sydney as well. But Shep, unsung hero, twenty-one touches. Um, he was just his best last the other day. But the efforts of uh, Yo, Nat Nui, and Oscar and Waterman sort of. Took the limelight away from him. Well, that's why I'm... And I keep using the word lesser lights, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way at all. But that's why I'm so... I wanted to bring up, and I'm so glad we're talking about them more. Because it's not just the stars that are winning his games. It's the unsung heroes that do it as well. And Shep, to be honest, Gaff had a... Uh, got taxed to have as great a game. I wouldn't be surprised if Shep's leading the club best and fairest right now. That's how good a year he's actually had. In a year where... We're two and three, so things haven't gone exactly how the fans want it to, and obviously the players don't want to be two and three either. I think he has been a shining light, and I think he has been so consistent and played so well in I a team that's one, down in form. I think there's one player in front of him, and that's Andrew Gaff. Um, Sydney Swans, look, we've got to talk about them quickly. You know, they went in without a recognised Ruckman, and they went in without two of their key forwards, but... Luke Parker in his 200 game, he had 19 touches. Jake Lloyd had 26. The same people that stand up all the time. Kennedy had 25. Young Mills, 18. Heaney, 15 and one goal. He seems to be wasted for me up forward. I think they need to have him in the guts. And they've unearthed a young guy called Rowbottom. And he had 18 touches. He's going to be a player of the future. Yeah, I heard funny um, comments and stuff saying, so the ruck, yes, but... Once you take away, that's going to help with the clearance and you're also going to win tap out. Just yep. take that away. That's all that ruck really helps with. But the, they said they don't have forwards, but Papley right now is leading the Coleman medal. Yep. As you touched on, Heaney does we want. They're two great forwards and they, they're they there, you know what I mean? Yep. So you, I know Reed, but Reed's always injured. It sounds funny, but Franklin's at the end too. He's always injured too. They're the, they're the players that have predominantly played for forward for Sydney and they're in good form as I just touched on one of them is leading the gold medal with the Heaney thing they push him in the midfoot I don't know if it's a fitness thing but he just he's like Jordan Degoe but not as flaky as Jordy Degoe yeah. if it makes sense when they push him in the midfield he just doesn't seem to have as big an impact as he does forward and I think that's for a medium sized player I think it's because he's such a good mark where they love to take advantage of that up forward because they do I think he's about 80% forward 
20% midfield. And I find whenever they do change that, you almost don't get the best impact out of him. Yeah. Oh, well, I probably agree on that, Mark. I'm just going to quickly go on um, all the stats. The interesting one was the inside 50s. We had 47 to their 30. So we got the ball in and we kept it in there. And we scored 22 of those times. So that was every second time we went in there, we scored. So that is a pleasing thing for me. Um, the clearances, we dominated. Um, stoppages, we dominated. The contested possession. Now, we've never been a big... We were ranked 18th in contested possessions. And we beat them easily, 121 to 97. Yeah, there was, it was great to see. Like Contested possessions can be a little bit misleading, but when you're losing games and you're so... There's a massive discrepancy in that. It's not good to see. And that's what was questioned. Uh, we're not being hard enough at the ball in these losses. We've got to show a bit of hardness to the squad. And they answered. They really did. And it, I, I feel it was mainly led by Yo. I thought they just played so well. And, um, yeah, it was just great to see and... I just hope that trend can continue. Let's yeah. not drop off, you know. It, it means We're in a good position, you know. It means nothing if you can't continue it. And the word I think uh, we were looking for is intensity, and it was there. Yeah. Because the last three weeks has been missing. So let's get on to the next game, because it's going to be a very interesting little game, I think. It's bounced out. Well, it's a battle of the birds. It's the Eagles versus Crows at the Gabba. Yes, you heard right, at the Gabba, Saturday on 1pm Perth time. And let's face it, uh, Dan, if the Crows had kicked straight, they would have beaten 3-0 last week. The first six points were all shockers, or should have been goals from the distances they were kicking at. I agree, and it wasn't just in front of goals. Their, yeah, dis- their disposal efficiency is so, so poor. And that's why they are on the ladder where they're at. They don't have trouble getting hands on the ball. They're fine and getting hands on the ball. Um, but once they get it, they're so wasteful. They're, they are more likely to kick it to the opposition now than they will their own player. And that is such a damning stat. Well, you just said it off air. We do somehow play some teams into form. So let's hopefully we don't do it this time. The last five times that we've played, uh, West Coast have won the four of the last five of them. So um, let's talk about both teams. Um, Eagles' current injury list is... Shuey's out for two weeks, I reckon, so that'd probably be three, no on yep. us. Uh, Jones, three weeks, and it'll become four. Hutchings is still two to four weeks away. Um, he's he's getting, he's progressing. Uh, Mitch O'Neill's back's um, in a good spot now, so he'll join us back in Perth when we come back home. And Venables, well, we know he's out for the season, so that's it so far, touch wood. Uh, hopefully we've got no more injuries. If you look at Adelaide, they're set to miss Darcy Fogarty without a shoulder. Again, he didn't play last week. Taylor Walker's out with a knee. He'll be out for two weeks, so that's probably the reason why he's had poor form. Can't get off the ground. Um, Tyson Stengel has served his four-match disciplinary thing. What was that for the alcohol, wasn't it? Driving? Or oh, it I can't call. Earlier on in the year. <laughs> it's been so long. Um, and Riley Knight, he could come in. He's a good player if he can come in. Uh, Elliot Himmelberg and he's probably the only other one that have probably come back into the team and that's because Lachlan Murphy's out suspended what did you think about that uh, decision did you see that the suspension yeah he lifted uh, dangerous tackle oh dangerous tackle yeah and uh, Western Bulldogs player got done for that as well and I saw and um, I've seen worse ones but uh, the thing is 
they're so reactionary. Burgoyne never got done, and now these players are. Yeah. Um, and it, we've touched on the well, tackling in was... general, but the holding the ball. One coach turns around and says, oh, you're not playing holding the ball, and now the interpretation of holding the ball is yeah. drastically different. I find, like, there's no consistency. Where's the consistency at all with the AFL? Like, if, if you don't find Burgoyne guilty, then don't... Like, but say that was the right decision by letting him go. Don't then final, you know, final suspend the other players down the track because well, of the outcry of that. Because if you've said, all right, that didn't tick the boxes to suspend it, this but, one shouldn't. Yeah, but they covered their ass changing rule after Bergwijn, remember? <sighs> so this was always going to be a one week, even though Bergwijn's is worse. Um, we've got some questions from uh, some people on uh, Instagram. So one of them is Philip White tiling it again. He wants to know, with Shuey out, should the Eagles bring in a young mid or play a tag? Uh, no, I believe, th- as I touched on, uh, the Crouch brothers never have problem getting hands on the ball. Sloan doesn't get a ha- problem with getting hands on the ball. But their disposal efficiency is so poor. As far as I'm concerned, let them rake up the numbers if they're not going to damage us with those numbers. Yeah. I think we were such... Our squads thus far during the year has been so midfield heavy that I think we got to mainly just bring in a couple small forwards. All right, he's asked another question. Quickly, we'll go over it. Jake Waterman, is he blooming? Is he still blooming as a player? And is he better than Jared Brander? Oh, and could he surpass Oscar um, Allen even? Right now, yeah. Oh, well, to me, Allen's my rank- favourite, but right now, Waterman is better than Brander for sure. If I ranked him, it'd be Waterman first, Oscar Allen second, Brander third. I might have. It's so hard because I rate them both so high. I might have. Alan ahead right now and Waterman but I've already said you can't drop these players now no. oh, they've got to play and they're playing so good and they're nowhere near their peak their peak will be about 26 oh, 27 you know and they're already kicking five goals between them and that's what they kicked on the weekend I mean if you get the games into these kids when they're 25 26 that's when they're going to hit their peak being taller forward like players alright well Brander He's going to be a good player, don't, and don't take this the wrong way, but if he keeps on getting played as a wing, he's never going to get a better player because he's not a wingman. He's not a link-up player. He's a key position player. He's either a centre-half back or a centre-half forward. That's why I didn't really like the comparison myself. I understand why they're doing because he was such a high... But where's he played in the Waffle and with Eagles? Forward, he's played back, he's played on the wing. Jake Waterman, Oscar Allen has made... Yeah, especially Allen has played back and forth, but... They're mainly moulding them as forwards, especially yeah. Waterman. You're a forward. That's what you are. That's your role. Alan, right, you've got a great mark. We're pretty much going to keep you forward because we've got Brandon sometimes going back and we've got young Edwards. Oh, sorry, that was an emergency. Harry well. Edwards, yeah. Yeah, he was another emergency on the weekend, another young kid. We've got them that are going to be key position backs. So the development of Alan and Waterman would be at this stage better because they've settled him on the side. It was like Shepard. People won't remember, in Shepard's early career, he was on the wing, he was forward, he was back. Yeah. And he, they didn't get great until they settled back. And Jeddah not being a kid, the exact same thing happened to Jeddah. We didn't see the best out of Jeddah until we settled him down back. Down back. So you've got to settle this player in yeah. a position and that's when you reap the rewards. Brandon's probably unlucky at the moment because of the quality tours we do have in the team. But if they, by the time, he's going to be... He's the future. You, you say Darling Darling and Kennedy. Kennedy's close to retirement. So, obviously, there's going to be a spot there down the line. And, like I said, it's either forward or back. But stop persisting playing him on the wing just to get games in with him. 
I understand. I, I don't mind the experiment, but they have to commit to that then. Is and it? the thing that is bad is, and I've said this before, there's no waffle. That's what's killing me. Because you could develop him in the seconds on the wing and only pay or, wing, just keep him on that one spot. Or is it to keep his feet in WA and not thinking, oh, well, I can, I'm not going to game here. I can get a game somewhere else. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. He's got so much potential. Yeah. Like, he's... If you've watched a lot of his waffle games, and you saw it even on the wing, um, not his last game, the one before, he's such a good mark. People didn't realise he was actually statistically rated the third best in our loss against, I think it was Brisbane, because he marks. He takes about eight eight to ten marks. Well, I'm going I'm to call it now, and this is a big call from me, all right? We've got no first-round draft pick this year. Now, I don't know how the draft's lining up or haven't really looked into it too much on what's available, but don't be surprised if Brander is put up for a first-round draft pick. Do you know what I say to that? No, and I'm glad we brought the draft up because this is something I've really been thinking about. (laughs) Out of all the years to give up a first-round draft pick, this is the year to do it. Oh, yeah, How, it, could this, th- it could be. There's no seconds competitions going. You're not going to... Yeah, I mate, call it the yeah. Daniel Gorringe effect, mate. Yeah. Daniel Gorringe was bigger than all the high school kids and played a good under-18s come. So everyone jumped on him because they didn't see much of his football. They didn't see his deficiencies. You're not going to see many of these players. It's so hard for the scouts to pick a good player. You could get a... A scout is always looking... with a dud. Yeah, they are, but... A scout's always looking two to three years out. There is some good players, and I'll bring it up later on. That's why I said Daniel Gorans, because early career, he was bigger than other players. People are like, he's going to be a star. But then when you play him, like, say, this year in the Waffle, you see him, can he make it? Sometimes not. I'm going to bring up a player in about a month's time. I'm going to give you a name, and I'm going to give it to you before everyone else gets it in the paper. And that's why I'm saying Eagles might be enticed to get into the first-round draft pick. Yeah, but see, I've only gone on this train of thought recently and I, I, I honestly believe it's correct I thought because I, I was not stewing but I was thinking of the first round pick going to Cats recently and I thought well no, you, a first you're, round you're right. pick you're just as likely I find now to get a better player at pick two or late in the draft than you would an early one because mm. and I'll ask you put it to you this way alright to get you on my train of thought try and butter you up to get you on my side would you rather a pick two years ago first round or a first round this year Oh, that's easy. Last year, when yeah, you've seen him. But in WA, Oscar Allen and stuff were playing waffle football. Until until we know what's actually happened with the draft, that's why I reckon we'll know within a month because they've already basically said the Indian Carnival has been cancelled. Yep. All right? So you will not get to see the best youth. And some people come from low down in a draft up to high because of that carnival. Yep. So you are quite right in saying this is the year not to have a first-round draft pick. But VFL gone too. Sorry, I just quickly added that. There is a player that I'm going to bring up, and he's sort of aligned to the Eagles. And if the Eagles want him, they have to give up a first-round draft pick to get him. So I'm just going to leave you with it. Okay, I can't wait to hear that player. But (laughs) just quickly too, you hit the nail on the head. Like scouts have looked down the earlier, you know, like watch these kids develop. That's what I mean. They're going to have to take a punt. This year they're punting and guessing on who to pick. And I just, I love that. Like, we gave away a future round pick, and you're like, oh, I said last week, oh, bottom 10, top, you know, basically just saying win or loss in the trade. And I'm thinking, to, that was a wrong call. I actually take that statement back because that's just you doing the maths in your head almost. I'm thinking, this year, I don't know. I right, think the best on... player could be 
late teens, early 20s, yeah. you're not guaranteed to get a start 10 because you're guessing. The scouts have to guess on what they've seen of these kids play in high school two years and, ago. And people are thinking, if Kelly doesn't produce anything this year, we've lost a trade. Well, that's bullshit because we've got him for the long haul. So you're not going to know who wins that trade until a few years' time. Such a short-sighted thing. Yeah. He's 25, so let's say seven years. He's going to carry our midfield soon because sure he's not getting any younger. It'll be Yo and him, the core older players. Then you have the Sheeds, the Ainsworths, the Foley's, the two O'Neills. You're going to get these young kids and then other ones we've drafted. Right, let's get back on the topic because we've gone Exciting. off topic. I yeah. did. I took you on a tangent then. <laughs> well, let, before we go on to the Eagles, and, oh, no, we'll, let us quickly go on the Eagles. Who's going to come in for Shuey and who's going to come in for Jones? Okay, on past players, oh, I want Cameron, but I don't. It could be in a groin injury, I, and his name's not talked about too much. I don't think he's right. Well, I reckon it's either him or Brayshaw. I love his tackling pressure. I would love Brayshaw just because it's Brayshaw to get a game. Like the, we've been screaming for this kid to get a game age, but Cameron's tackling pressure would be so good right now in that forward 50 if we're playing tools. Because if they don't take the mark, it goes to ball, you want to lock it in there. Well, there's four players I reckon it's out of this week for the two spots, and they'll be Cameron Brayshaw, Nick Reed, and Jets back in. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Jet, Jet, if, they, if it was an injury, that they've made the statement with Jets, bring yeah. him in. Because he had a few down weeks, but he is a great kick. Yeah. And he hasn't forgotten how to kick. He's just and had he, bad games. And he'd cut through the... Um, Crows forward line. Let's talk about the players at the Crows because, you know, they are going in with a younger team, but they've still got Sloan, they've got the Crouch Brothers, Brody Smith, Billy Frampton, it's their South Rio boy from Port Adelaide. He's done pretty good there. Tom Lynch, I've always rated him as one of the best players at um, Adelaide. Lard, um, lard they, in defence. They seem to... I'd love to see him play more forward, and he could play forward this week. Tom, Tommy Doty, you know, he's come out of nowhere. He's brilliant. And my favourite player, Rory Led. So they've got a lot of key players there with a few youngsters. So, you know, we can't disrespect this team. I always call him Lard. I don't know why I do that. That's <laughs> the way his name's spelt. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's the thing, and... <sighs> I don't mean to be harsh on the Crow supporters. They weren't like here. They're in a lot of trouble. The names you read out there are good players. So you're paying for those players. There is you've a... locked down the Crouch brothers. I think one's a free agent now. You've locked down Sloan. You've paid a good money. I don't think they got much room in the salary cap. So I can... and there there's is... a lot of pain these supporters are going to have to deal with yeah, well, in the they... short term. Five years because yeah, they're they in don't a have room. Yeah, they they do, but. Teams in the rebuild. Okay, I don't like how Freo's gone about their rebuild because they're bringing in too many players. But they were able to do that because they had room in the salary cap. Crows aren't able to do that right now. And that's the problem. I think they have to go to the draft, which that's the way I like to rebuild anyway. Go to the draft... And just that's what it's going to be five years. Yeah, and if you're a crow sporter, don't be disheartened because um, you get the younger youth, and that takes you on to the next decade. There is a room that Sloan might not play this week, and if he doesn't, that'll be a big, biggest loss for him. Yeah. My thing is with Adelaide, they've got to get the off-field shit into order. Um, there's too much stuff getting said off-field. Uh, Rashido, either stick to your radio show or. Be a board director, whatever you are. Don't do both. Because uh, you can't... You know, people that are in the media and do this, they've got too many hats. They're always conflicted. They're always, you know, going to get yourself into trouble. The CEO, to me, is a big problem. He's been there he's, for a while. 
and he's still the problem because he's not addressing this camp thing just doesn't go away well it's funny I was actually going to mention that if they just had transparency which clubs don't tend to do but if they just aired everything Air to dirty laundry, basically, yeah. right from the get go, because this camp was what 2017. Say they got it wrong. Yeah, they haven't said they got it wrong. Say exactly what happened. It would be big news, you know. Everyone would be blah blah blah. But for you keeping secret, and it's drip feeding the media. So it's been going on for two years now. You've done more damage by trying to hush this up than you have announcing it. And if they don't nip it in the bud now, when a player like Eddie Betts or whoever else that was involved retires and comes out, it's still going to hurt the club. Again, that's what I mean. So Because it's been drip-fed to the media, and you're exactly right. The well, young, it will continue. The young players that are at the club now don't deserve that shit going forward. Mm. So nip it in the bud, be transparent, as you said, come out and say everything. Um, and it's not just Adelaide. Every club's... Collingwood's probably a worst-run club at the moment, but they seem to get let off because of Eddie Maguire. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we're not going to go on, on about that. But Adelaide... Get your shit off the field into order. It happened at the Eagles. You, you take the pain. When the Eagles in 2007, they could have pushed it under the carpet, but they said they want a winning culture, not a winning team. And they took a bit of pain. So it's time that Adelaide did that. And like you said, it's through the draft and trying to keep some of these players. Why, um, what's his name? Gibbs. What What's happening there? I, I think there's a disharmony there. You know, there has um, to be. There's no way Bryce Gibbs... The way in the form you are in is not in your best twenty two. He's no in way twenty two any day. No of the week. way. So work that out. Uh, the players left for a reason, and we all know what it is. So get it right because you got to play against Port Adelaide, and who's the worst team in the competition? To me, it's Port Adelaide because if you ever gone to Alberton Oval, I don't know if you've ever been there, Dan. If you go there with a different number plate on your car, you get a big scratch on your car. Well, they've done this. They're ferals, man. They don't. So. They don't like it. But the <laughs> truth be told, the three worst fans, Freya came third, and I can't remember. I think it was Pies and Port, but Pies and Port might have swapped there for the three worst supporters, and that's not bias. That's the stat <laughs> they've done. Um, they did a poll, but it's funny. Uh, we talked on their salary cap and in trouble. I forgot to mention Bryce Gibbs because he's not playing. They're paying a lot of money. They had to pay him a lot of money to lure him away from Carlton. So to not play this guy, and you can't even say play him in the seconds because there's no seconds comp right now either. It's just an embarrassment. They've got no money. Their, their stars aren't performing. There's all this off-field drama. They're in a lot of trouble, was it? They can get back into the, into the right area by beating the Eagles this week. So where, where's the game going to be won and where are we going to export them to win it? Uh, the midfield or the forwards? Okay, the, I don't think the midfield. Decent. Yeah, the that, that's what I was going to say. I, the midfield doesn't worry me as much because they they accumulate. The Crouch brothers accumulate. Sloan's accumulates. Let them accumulate the ball if they're not going to damage you with it. I reckon it's going to be one in our backline. I reckon our backline's going to win this. Their disposal efficiency is so bad. So if we can continually intercept Mark Cole's even added that to his game. Uh, then you've got Shep to do it. You can do Duggan, Hearn. These players will intercept. And then you've got the Towers in Barras that I've just touched on. Great intercept marker now. And Gov, who's 
got the AFL yeah. VFL record for intercept marks in the season. That's where it's going to be run. If we can cut it off, if we can starve them of their opportunities when they go forward, that's where we're going to win. And you know the Eagles, I say of old, but we're talking about last year in recent history, but the Eagles of old, because I like the sound of that, that's where we win games is from attacking from our back yeah. line. And I reckon that's how we're going to win this game. Um, I think you've still got to keep Sloan pretty quiet because when he is damaging, he's kicking goals. And that's why I think if he is out, it's going to be a big loss to him. Um, there is a bit of a room that he might be a bit sore, but who knows? Um, yeah, like I could say, that that that'd be wishing they had Darcy Fogarty up front this week because he causes he's caused us a bit of issues a few times he's played. So yeah, he's a real funny one because his sample form hasn't been that great. Say last year, but they brought him into the side. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think he kicked five goals against us he last did. time we played. He's got a beautiful kick on him. He's a great player. And that's something Adelaide's got to look for because Tex Walker's, let's face it, he's at the end of his career. And uh, to me, Tex has always been played out of position. He's not a he's not a crashing ruck. He's a leading player and they play him as a you know, tall four trying to grab marks all the time. Darcy Fogarty's got a good future ahead of him. So it's going to be interesting. We have to... We have to be at our best still. I did, did you hear uh, Walker's been dropped, though? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. So now I'm worried. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's so... Like, if there's ever a player that's just dropped off the radar, and for years they were still trying to protect him. But back in the day, he was second forward to Tippett. Yep. So this has gone back a lot. Then he had a couple good years after Tippett left. But he's just fallen off the ledge. Yeah, he has. He, this year, he was terrible. The year before, he was terrible. You know, They're trying to make I, him into a wingman this year. Yeah, it, that's shocking. And to me, he's just too much of an old-fashioned forward. Just lead at the ball, one-dimensional, market kick goal. If not, he's not good again on the ground. Uh, he's, And this is a very damning thing. But I remember last game we played, he shirked. He uh, saw Hearn coming yeah. and he wilted. So if you get in his road, he's taking his eyes off the ball. Ever since then, I don't think he's played a good game since. No, he, he hasn't. And it, uh, that's not me paying and out in a Crows player. I love the Crouch Brothers. I love Sloan. Tex Walker, to me, is just, I don't know how he's actually getting a game. And as a captain that he was, he was getting involved in too much off-field stuff with Kane Corns. You, just, you, don't, you don't give him any uh, oxygen. No. So... You got to get your head right, Tex, because when you do play a great footy, you're a great player. But we haven't seen it in a while. Look, um, Eagles have to win. If they don't, there's going to be questions asked. It's the last game in the hub. They're back in Perth and they play the Dockers. It just seems to be thirty thousand at the moment. Uh, it's just funny that McGowan and Cooker Bay Frio supporters that they've come up with that. But let's hopefully it's sixty thousand. I don't know, but it's going to be good to have footy back at WA. I can't wait. It just hurts that the Vicks. Are in the situation now, and it's actually affecting us here. Yeah. Because stage five plan was rolled out, and the, yeah. on the seventeenth we get out, or the eighteenth of July we get the. Yeah, I don't crowd. understand. I don't understand why I can't go ahead with it, but we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be great. We'll have footy back um, next week. It'll be a shorter show because I'm away, so we'll probably be doing it online, um, and then we'll be back for a bigger, bigger show the following week and it's back footy back in WA that's great because as we spoke about this before like coming back to WA 3 and 3 
that's actually not a bad position. Yeah. Well, well, like, this gi- this gives us a good run. Yeah. We have to win on the weekend. And no game is ever given. So we actually have to win this yeah, game. we have to fight. All right, guys, join us uh, next week. Uh, get on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Get on to any of your multitude of uh, podcast platforms. SoundCloud is a preferred. iTunes, Spotify, Google, Castro, CastBox, Overcast, Wooshka, Stitcher. There's... Um, bloody heaps more man so we're on everywhere so get on there subscribe to your favourite ones so you don't miss your show and we'll see you next week yeah give us a like give us a review that stuff it all helps you know it's great to see and even feedback we love hearing feedback and if you see us at the Waffle come up and say hello catch up